It's the State of Gaming Podcast. Welcome, welcome back. Once again, it's the State of Gaming Podcast from your Popsara pals over at Popsara Press. That's a lot of peas, but that's okay because we aim to please. See what I did? That's pretty slick. That's pretty good. It's the State of Gaming Podcast for the month of August 2023. If you're listening, you're listening in September. Do not adjust your clocks. We are going backwards in time to bring you, you know, stuff today. Uh, Nathan Evans, managing editor of popsara.com, back once again with my stalwart co-host, Mr. None other than, how do I say this? How do I say this without making him shy? Mr. Corey D. Van Gallagher. Corey, welcome back. Hey, it's great to be back. See, I look, I'm going to go back to that later because I have a question regarding pronunciations, which I'll talk to you later about. But anyway, we're talking about August. August was a pretty interesting month. It was big and small in the same box. Let me see here. The format we do is we talk about the biggest games for the month, which you probably know about. We talk about what sold, and then we talk about everything else. It's a good system. It works. You should do it yourself. It's concise. What do we got going on? What are the biggies for August? Oh, man, there were quite a few things that came out. But um, we'll start with what are probably the two biggest ones. Uh, first off, we've got Baldur's Gate 3, uh, the third Baldur's Gate game, if you can believe it. Uh, can I just say this? Chronologically, when we're recording this, we're a little bit late. I believe when we're when you're talking about Baldur's Gate 3, you're talking about the PC version, right? Yes, because the PS5 slash PS4, I think it's PS5 and Xbox, hard to say. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the console version, I don't think would have been out in August. I think it came out, does it come out today? Or, it might. Yeah, it's like, like so that, that puts you where we're at. But anyway, PC version, pretty good, everybody loves it. So what's going on yep. with it? Uh, so it is a fantastic game. It is a uh, Dungeons & Dragons-based RPG from Larian Studios, the creators of Divinity. Uh, Divinity 2, Divinity Original Sin, etc., etc., et all the Divinity games. Uh, if you have played either of the Divinity Original Sin games, then you are familiar with how this plays. It's kind of a, uh, a turn-based tactical uh, RPG where yeah, your actions um, on the field uh, play a big role. For instance, if you leave fire on the field and then... Or let's say you leave a bunch of oil on the field, you shoot fire at it, poof, it's all on fire. Now, if the enemies are standing it, they're dead too, etc., etc. Um, you get the idea as far as combat goes, as far as everything else, the story, the characters, the plot, it's all fantastic. Uh, you play as a, a character who has been captured by the Illithid, or Mind Flayers, which are these, uh, these squid-like creatures that like to implant their young inside people's brains. So you have hmm. to kind of figure out how to, uh, how to get this thing out of your head. You know, um, our our producer, Chris Mitchell, wanted me to mention one word that you probably know. As someone who hasn't played the game yet, I don't know. But bears? Is that... <laughs> um, is that does that, so does that ring a bell? Bears? To, to explain for all of you out there, um, if you play as a druid, uh, you can turn into animals. Ooh. And uh, one of the animals you can turn into is a bear. And uh, one of the characters that you can romance is also a druid. And they can also turn into a bear. Yeah. And I want you to think about where this is going because that's exactly where it goes. You know what? Every day the line between like mainstream and furry grows short, thinner and thinner. And you couldn't be happier, right? Yeah, I couldn't be happier. I'll say this though. One comment since I played the game. Everybody seems to love this. I have memories of the original Baldur's Gate. Let's say this. You can't accuse Baldur's Gate of being um, excessive. There's been three games in like 20 years. But, uh, more than three, there's maximum RPGs too. Yeah, but I mean, like you know, the mainstream line. But there's the, you know, that's why there's a nice fancy three. But it's it's turn based, right? Right. And this is the year that your favorite game of all time, Final Fantasy 16, a game that is pretty much Final Fantasy in name only for some people, 
Um, apparently, no turn-based, right? So, like, here we are, a tradi- almost a traditional, like, turn-based, like, I don't would you call it, what, what would you call a game where you roll the dice? Not tabletop, necessarily, but, like... It's just kind of based on the tabletop system, yeah, yeah. so that's correct. I mean, you'll see the dice and stuff when you're playing. Uh, point being, uh, let us never mention Baldur's Gate 3 and Final Fantasy 16 <laughs> in the same sentence ever again. That's dealing a a grave injustice to Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, speaking of games that are better than Final Fantasy 16, <laughs> all of them on this list, but especially uh, Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon, which is the latest From Software game. Yeah, you are you're a big fan of this. Um... I, I really like this one, honestly. This is actually... You know, I couldn't tell you if this, this or Baldur's Gate were my favorite for the uh, for the month. Um, this is a mech-focused game. You can customize your mech to your liking. You can give it a hover body so it floats around. You can give it tank treads. You can give it quadrupedal legs, all kinds of weapons, all kinds of laser swords, different head styles. It's nuts. I saw, the, uh, I saw some of the customs that people were doing on this, and it reminded me when uh, Tears of the Kingdom was still, like, blazing hotness for the month and people were creating weirdness. Uh, people yeah, were doing yeah. like uh, gun. They were doing Gundam and Kirby mechs. They're they're all over the place on this. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. Um, the game itself is fantastic. Um, I will warn you, it is still a from software game. <laughs> it is hard. Um, you will die a bunch. Yeah. By the way, uh, can we can we just say this when we talk about games difficulty? Let's just put this out there. The game is hard because it's well made. It's not hard yeah, because yeah, it's you'll, not um, well made. You'll go on YouTube and you'll see people complaining about the first boss in particular, and it's. It's a little excessive, um, so I, I would suggest trying it yourself. If you feel like you can learn, like you're a human being and you can learn, you'll probably do all right. Uh, altogether, I mean, it's a really solid game. It has a bunch of different endings, uh, multiple story routes you can go through, which I thought was really cool. Uh, plenty of content here. If you like mechs, definitely worth a look. Um, also worth a look, though, are all of these somewhat smaller games mm-hmm. we have on here. There were a bunch of good ones. Um, Immortals of Avium came out and it is on EA Play Pro so it is cheap and you can play it for like 15 bucks for a month of EA Play Pro and that's probably worth it because I thought it was pretty good. It's basically a uh, a magic focused first person shooter with some open world oh, elements. How's that? Call it what they called it. Like let's be honest, this is the most controversial game and I don't mean controversial in a bad way. Yeah, pe- people call this Magic Call of Duty. Yeah, Magic Call of Duty. And by the way, uh, it was controversial because it's um on the PC, like its spec limits were through the roof, like crisis levels, like crisis yeah, two thousand seven. So this, um, this is the first. So I have a, a really nice PC. I got a mm-hmm. RTX forty ninety with a fancy graph, uh, fancy CPU, and this is the first game I think in a while that I've had to mess with the settings. It, so it wasn't that I had to turn them down. It's that this game has a really, really questionable version of like DLSS and mm-hmm. the uh, deep learning focused stuff. And it turns it on automatically, and unlike every other game on PC you've ever played, uh, it doesn't have presets. Um, I will say this. The, the game's been accused. I, I saw some of the forums. I was reading back some of it, and people were saying that the game, like, they, the developers were bragging about how many picks, uh, you know, how much power it was crunching. Like, it was almost like a boast. But this game's also, is it on the console yet, or is it only on PC? I believe it is, but I haven't tried it on console. See, you know me. I'm, I'm always like, what's the worst version of something? And I'll play it because yeah. I want to see. Uh, but my, my thing is I looked at the game on the PC. and that, Now, you say the game's fun. I believe you. I looked at the game, though, and I'm like, maybe I'm looking at like a 4K, like 120 hertz version on whatever digital foundry or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I guess maybe like I'm immune to pixels. I'm immune to it. Like I, it looks good and colorful, but I mean, I'm not seeing anything 
that's gonna that's crisis level. You know, what I mean, I'm not... I would I would definitely say it's one of the better looking games um, yeah. that I've played in quite a while. Like, there's no question, it looks fantastic. Um, I, I'm just remembering the days back when you know, can it run Crisis was supposed to be a good thing. Like, you mm. know, we were all excited about how impressive Crisis looked, and now, much like you know, games aren't allowed to be hard anymore. Uh, games aren't allowed to have high system specs anymore. We've we've come full circle, really. Um, I will say again that I don't know that this is necessarily that you know big of a pixel cruncher. I think you just have to mess with the settings, and because it doesn't offer you presets, uh, it's hard to tell what you need to change to fix it. Well, like I said, it's one of those things where I think if uh, I think we're all I think you PC master race people are always looking for the next big thing to become the the de facto testing game, and sure. I, I don't know if this is it, but we'll see what happens with it. Yeah, I mean, this, again, this game is fine, and the, my, you know, my favorite thing about it, as I mentioned, is the fact that it's on EA Play Pro, so if you have $15, you can try this out, the game is new, it's about, what, I, what I'll say, 20-25 hours of fun. Um, in terms of actual gameplay, yeah, it's a, it's a magic-based shooter, uh, you have a bunch of spells that all uh, conveniently correspond to first-person shooter weapons, uh, so you've got your pistol spell, you've got your shotgun spell, etc., etc., um, and you go through and you fight dudes with them and you get a whole bunch of really impressive looking super spells to use. It's it's just a pretty standard video gamey good time. I don't, you know, not every video game has to be uh, mind blowing and, uh, you know, redefine the industry. Sometimes it can just be, I like to shoot dude. I'm going to click on some heads for a while and that's what you get here. You know, I'll just say this. Uh, if you're a publisher and you have a game that you think has something going for it, be very careful. Be very careful when you release it because if you release it alongside a biggie thing, the video game industry can only cannot multitask. It can only focus on one big thing at a time. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> so, you happen to release your Magic Focus game right around the same time as, say, Baldur's Gate 3 and yeah. shortly before Starfield. Yeah, exactly. So it's. Um, I would like to devote a, a quick part of this August podcast sure. to talk about Starfield real quick. Oh, I, I'm going to call this new section the cheating section. Because it's the some... cheating section, yes, yeah. so Starfield. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't do numbers on Pop Zara, but it's a 6 out of 10. Moving on, um, <laughs> Atlas Fallen is on here. And Atlas Fallen is one of those games. You remember back when Blockbuster existed, right? Oh, I was a big fan. I, I feel like I could have rented Immortals of Avium. I could have rented Atlas Fallen. I could have rented, like, the next one is Blasphemous 2. Any of these games, I would have rented them. That would have been a good, that would have been a good weekend. But that's the thing, though, is that I've always said before, we talked about this before, is that the video game industry has not addressed the fact that there's no way to try something before you buy it. You know, well, there is. It's called it's called paying 15 bucks for EA Play Pro and getting Immortals of Avium, which is a $60 game for a whole month. And I assure you, you're not going to be playing Immortals of Avium for a month. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, look, I love First Likewise, Breath. Atlas Fallen. So here's the thing about Atlas yeah. Fallen. So, it is a solid uh, open world. It's got a lot in common with your with your Breaths of the Wild and so on. Uh, not Tears of the King, definitely Breath of the Wild. You, you look around, you explore, you pick, you collect stuff. You you do some fighting. It's got this real cool animation where your dude has the power to control sand, so he surfs around on the surface of the sand and it looks great. Um, and it's it's a good game. It's it's a lot of fun. It's really well made. I, I must say this every single time that we do a podcast. I don't really think we do many bad games anymore, unless That's they're true. Final Fantasy sixteen. Um, <laughs> But, um, you know, what's, what's going to run into is that Atlas Fallen happened to release alongside Armored Core 6, Baldur's Gate 3, Starfield, so on and so forth. And um, it's going to get left out in the mix. And yep. because of that, you're probably going to get your Atlas Fallen for 20 bucks within a couple months. And at that price, it's a steal. I, I got to admit, I made a mistake about this game. I made a mental mistake. I what's remember that? seeing this, right? I remember seeing the, the poster for it. 
And like you said, it, it look, it's not fair that you look at a poster and judge a game sometimes. I get it. But I actually looked at this poster and I thought it was for the game ReCore from the Xbox One. You remember that I game? See. If you so, look at it, it's got a very similar poster. Yeah, it has a very similar aesthetic. It also, it could probably be passed off as a Dune game. It's got a, Dune's got a very back. Dune aesthetic. Dune's pro- Dune, you know what? Doom Doom comes out. Doom's like the cicadas. Like, it comes no, out every... Like, Dune, oh, Doom? Like, like, like Dune. Like Shooty like, Shooty you know, Bang that. Bang? No, no, the slow blade, you know, Dune. Dune, like, yeah, the sand, right? Yeah, yeah, D-U-N-E, Dune. Yeah, it's back. Like I said, Dune is back. I, you gotta say that yeah. right, like, because you don't want to be sued. Like, Dune. Dune, like, yeah. Did you see the movie, by the way? The new, the new I did. I really liked it, actually. The, uh, I'm looking forward to the second one, to be honest. You got pushed actually, next year. Got pushed saw that year. in theaters, actually. Really? What? Really? Yeah. You? Yeah, went out to a theater and everything. That's amazing. Um, speaking of stuff that I do sometimes, sometimes I play <laughs> Blasphemous 2, and that was, uh, that's pretty cool. Blasphemous 2 is interesting, because it is a pretty clear upgrade, in my experience, for basically every aspect of the original. It's got more bosses, uh... There are multiple weapons to choose from now. You got this big old mace you can swing. You got dual swords. It's super cool. It's a Metroidvania game. Yeah, it's a, a very gory Metroidvania. Very, very has a really distinct art style. Yeah, it's got. A, I, you know, they're really going for something with that box cover. I wonder what. So they're it, go- it's actually they're going it's got this really cool kind of Spanish Catholic thing going mm-hmm. on. Like uh, you are your your play is the penitent one, and he is on some kind of pilgrimage uh, to help stop this creature called the Miracle. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just you can see you're looking at the steam page right now. I'm seeing yeah. the screen. It's it's super gory. There's blood everywhere. The bosses are really horrifying looking. It's just this really cool aesthetic you don't see very often. Very Castlevania. And, uh, the game itself very very Castlevania though. Like very. Yeah. Very very Castlevania. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's solid. It's a good time, and much like Atlas Fallen in the next few games, except one of them, which I will get to momentarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's gonna fall off the scene and be yours on a, in a bundle for like ten bucks, along with all these other games, within a few months. So please look forward to playing it. It's a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Now, mm-hmm. uh, we also knew this game in another life as Jet Set Radio. And uh, that's what it is. It's Jet Set Radio. It's Jet Set Radio, except instead of just skates, you've got a you've got a skateboard. You can run around on foot. I believe there are BMX bikes. It's crazy. Um, we tried to bring back Jet Set Radio a few years ago with a game called Hover Revolt of Gamers, and as you might imagine from that stupid name, nobody <laughs> played it. Um, that game did have music from Hideki Kamiya. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. By the way. Again, if you're a publisher, names matter. It you, did not have Hideki Kamiya. Who the hell am I talking about? What, what am I saying? Oh. I'm just happy that we're, you're talking about Japanese composers. Because you, look, for those who don't know, Corey and I have this long-standing thing Hideki where we talk about... Hideki Numa, you know, I'm, I'm a dummy. Back when I used Twitter more often, I guess You got your now. Hideki's confused. Yeah, I, I mixed up my Hideki's. Hideki <laughs> Naganuma. Um, back when I used, I guess you call it X more often, I actually had a, a rapport going with him. We talked all the time, so mm-hmm. tweeting back and forth. Um, but yeah, no, that game, uh, Hover, had the music from him, and that was cool. Uh, this game also has cool music. I don't know if it's him. It might be. It looks just like Jet Set Radio. It plays just like Jet Set Radio. You do graffiti on stuff. Uh, you play as a dude, like a graffiti artist. Um, he is locked up for doing graffiti, doing the graffitis. Yeah. And uh, as he is escaping, uh, he is decapitated by a record-throwing ninja. Mm-hmm. And uh, they give him a new head that's like a, it's a robot head. And he has to go on a quest to get his old head back. And that's that's now, the story of Bomb Rough Cyberfunk. And it's pretty moving. And I shed a couple tears. Well, think about this. What was the game that you loved that came out out of nowhere on the Xbox and PC this year? It was from, uh, oh, what's his face? The guy who did um, Evil Within. 
that would... Something Rush, was it? Uh, Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi yeah, Rush. It's got a very similar aesthetic to this. And it's got a very similar plot. Like, instead of his head being cut off, his arm was his cut arm, off. His arm, right. Yeah, Although, so... man, in that game, he kind of wanted it to happen, but... Um... <laughs> we got a shared universe going on with, um, amputees. You know, it very well could be, and that's very exciting in its own way. It's so funny, though. This game does have the Dreamcast aesthetic, though, doesn't it? Like, it... It, it does. It really does kind of nail that. Yeah. So, but it looks it looks interesting. Like I said, you can't accuse of Jet Crane Radio being overdone. So yeah, yeah, you know, this is one of uh, only the second remake or attempt at remaking. And I'm a little shocked Sega just kind of dropped it, never came back to it. Yet they'll 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 discover it. They'll exploit it. We'll get a TV show. And we just need a, like a list of games that you know. Why didn't we ever make a new one? Where is my Chrono game? What the hell happened to Chrono? Be careful what you wish for. You might yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Apple Arcade. Right. Plug it in my mouse. Oh, God, I don't want to think about <laughs> it. Uh, so we're going to skip this next one and go to the final one. Uh, Tron 5, A Clockwork Conspiracy. Now, I haven't actually played this one yet. Um, but I will say, whenever I see Tron now, uh, there was a thing that happened a while ago where I think it might have been Tron 3. Mm-hmm. Um, let me make sure I'm not telling you, the, telling you something false about this. I'll say this, though. Uh, while you're looking, Tron 3 was the last time people got really excited about a Tron. Well, here's the thing about Tron 3. So this is Frozen by Games. I am remembering right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tron 3 didn't sell very well. And uh, they they threw a big old stink over it. They the, the developers, I mean, they made a big old YouTube video where they showed themselves talking about how it didn't sell well. And they're going to have to close the studio down. And... In the background, you can see them throwing away Tron concept posters, and it's just this goofy, overdone thing. And then they brought out Tron 4, which sucked. So mm-hmm. um, they brought out Tron 4, which sucked. They brought out Nine Parchments, which sucked. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in Tron 5. Uh, it's got a very positive on Steam right now, and I do tend to trust those to some extent, so that's cool. Yeah, but Tron used to be really cool. Like, Tron was like the successor to, like, Three Vikings, you know, those old, you know, multi-switch character games that used to be very popular back in the 16-bit era. Yeah. You know, um, that's where your uh, good company Blizzard comes from. Get a lot in common with the Lost Vikings, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But um, they were just um, a lot of fun. But I, I'll be honest, man, I didn't even know this was coming out. Like, it just completely escaped my radar. Yeah, uh, another game that escaped their radar that I actually should have put on this list, I'll put it on there right now. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, back in the day, uh, Nis, the guys who made Disgaea, a new Disgaea game coming out next month, actually. Come on, hey, hey. Say, look, you just said Hideki's. You could say the whole thing. Uh, Nippon Ichi Software. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, call, we just call them this here. This. Uh, so back in the day before they released Disgaea, they had a game called Rhapsody. And Rhapsody was on the PlayStation. It actually got localized here. And uh, it was a tactical RPG uh, pretty clearly targeted at young women. Uh, and it was interesting for a number of reasons. Uh, the biggest of those being that it was a musical. Mm-hmm. Um by which I mean, it's it's like you're you're watching Grease. The characters will randomly stop what they're doing and, and launch into song. And um, now here's the thing about Rhapsody. Um, you know, obviously RPG targeted toward young women maybe didn't really make the splash they hoped it would back in the day. But um, uh, Nippon Ichi Software eventually found their feet with this guy, and now they're a big mm-hmm. name. Everybody knows them. Um, so it turns out Rhapsody had a couple sequels. And those just got localized. You can play them on Steam. I think you can play them on Switch, too. Uh, Rhapsody 2, Ballad of the Little Princess, and Rhapsody 3, Memories of Moral Kingdom. And they have the songs, and they're singing, <laughs> and they're still probably targeted toward young women. So the fact that I played them might be a little bit concerning, but I did. 
You're open-minded. They, um... I'm extremely open-minded. Um, my only complaint about these, if I had a complaint, is that the songs aren't in English. And because that was a freaking riot back on the PlayStation. It was very funny. What was uh, the... Uh, it, so what's the original platform for these? Is it PS1, PS2? Uh, these are all PS1 games, yeah. Uh, but they're upscaled. They look pretty nice. Um, I recommend leaving the filters off when you're playing because it um, yeah. looks like it's smeared Vaseline on the screen. Um, yeah, no, if you want a high-quality PS1-looking game... That doesn't need filters. Uh, I got one for you, and it's real cheap. You probably can already play it for free. It's called Sea of Stars, and it's on Game oh, Pass. Let's say this: uh, this might be the VIP for many people. Like this came out of nowhere, sort of. This is, this is, this is, this is one of those things that succeeded in spite of everything going against it. Would you yeah, say? so sea of, sea of Stars is an interesting case. Um, yeah. First off, people are going to say it looks un, a lot like Chrono Trigger, and I'm going to say no, it doesn't. Uh, sea of Stars looks a lot like the old Sega CD RPGs. So um, if you've played uh, Pierce Solar, which was the new Sega CD RPG that came out a few years back, if you've played Lunar, um, yeah, Sea of Stars looks and feels a lot like that. Uh, in terms of gameplay, it's basically a takeoff of Super Mario RPG, so if you want some more of that, and the remake's not out yet, there you go. Um, it's not bad. I've been playing it. I will say that it, it plays... It, 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 it's, it's really safe. Let's go with that. It, it knows exactly what you want, and it's going to give it to you, and it's not going to do anything other than that. Let's go with that. Well, quick question. Uh, a couple months ago, there was a ridiculous, ridiculous attempt to make a controversy. It failed, by the way. Thankfully, I only bring it up about how we shouldn't call certain games JRPGs because it's... Yeah, yeah you know, I yeah. think I heard about that. But yeah, yeah, I didn't follow it at all because that but, stuff's nonsense and it's a waste of time. But this game, Sea of Thieves, is triumphantly this very is proud. This is Sea of Stars. Sea of Thieves. Sea of Stars. Sorry, Sea of Thieves, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Monkey Island. No, no, no. But Sea of, the, uh, sea, sorry, sea of Stars is emphatically, proudly a JRPG. Like, they yeah, the very... Like, this is... Again, if you played like Lunar back when you were a kid, yeah. Yeah, Lunar, it's like Lunar, it's all like Popful Mail. Mm -hmm. um, all those old Sega CD games. By the way, very uh, much like those. you know Lunar is the best-selling Sega CD game of all time? That does not surprise me at all. Yeah, it's a good game, by the way. So is the second one. So Yeah, CSR is also a pretty good game. Though, again, uh, you come into it, like, this is... It's like you, you're emulating an old JRPG that you oh. just happened to miss. That doesn't do anything other than what you'd expect. By the way, here's a little spark of joy for you. Um, if you haven't seen it, well, you know, you if, or if you weren't alive for it, when you when you're done listening to this podcast and you want more joy, go to YouTube and type in Lunar Opening Cinema. Do you remember that song, that chunky cheesy song that plays? I do, I do. It's super Ch cheesy. Yeah, super. But it's fun. It's like yeah. it's like a time capsule back to like 19 what 1992. So. Hey, speaking of time capsules that take you way back, oh, you yeah. know they remastered Quake too. Oh, I did. Do I know they remastered? How Quake? about that? They remastered Look, Quake let me too. take let me take this one because I think you liked it, but I think I loved it. So the the one thing I'll say about it before you do so, uh, this yeah. is maybe the only game that I have played where I feel pretty good about using the CRT filter. I think it looks great. Um, it looks ridiculous, but if you like the way it looks, it looks fun. But um, it makes it, it doesn't look like a CRT though. It looks like one of those monitors where. They, they're in the backgrounds of, like, serial killer movies, like, where the, secu right. where the security guards are never watching. Yeah, I, I thought it was super cool. But it's cool, but it's different. But I'll say this. Um, I've said this to you. You and I played this. You helped me. You know, you and I were testing this. Let's just say this. I'm going to go on the record as saying, as of 2023, Quake 2 Remastered is the best remaster of a classic game I have ever seen. Ever. Bar none. No, no competition in any way, shape, this or form. This is a guy who loves some remasters. I'll say this. Uh, it's not the only remaster on this list, but look... If I told you why I loved it, it would sound like an ad, but I'll say this. Not only do you get the original game that looks 
tweaked better than ever. You get so much for your money. Can I say that? It's on Game Pass if you like that. It's on, if you have it on Steam, you already have it. If you have it on Gogget, you already have it. You get the whole game, you get all the expansions, you get a brand new campaign made by the guys who made Wolfenstein. Uh, you get cross-platform play. It looks great on every platform. Every platform plays fantastic. Um, Xbox, I think PC, you could play eight players at once, which sounds stupid, but awesome. Uh, no, it's just, it's everything it needs to be, and it's like 10 bucks. And it's it just, it's too much value for the money. That is ridiculous. So you have this remaster here that is, is so it's it's got so much value to it and it costs so little because mm-hmm. uh <laughs> would you believe you can now get a remaster of Red Dead Redemption for 40 freaking dollars. And... I heard it's a good remaster though. I mean, I heard it's good on uh cuz it's it, it brings it to the Switch and PlayStation 4. It does, and I haven't tried it myself. Um I, I Red Dead Redemption is fine. It always struck me as kind of the sad cowboy game, especially the second one and mm-hmm. It's fine. They, it uh, doesn't really. You got to be in the right mood. They for leaked it. a third one, by the way. I guess they announced the third one is coming. So maybe yeah, we'll see that. that. T- we'll see it in ten years. Yeah, great. Looking forward to. it. I'll be a real sad cowboy then. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it exists. Uh, I think it's a little pricey for what it is, but it is cool. You can play it now because it was previously stuck on the uh, sixth generation well, of consoles. I will say this though. Um, it's also one of those things that the Xbox bragged about over the PlayStation because remember the Xbox One had backwards compatibility. And the PlayStation 4 did not. So you right. so people who were playing this, I mean you could still you could still play the 360 version on the Series X and it's upscaled and everything. So this is the I guess this is the only way to play the game on your PlayStation 5 or Switch. So there does you go. It, does it make you so happy that you kinda of want to sing about it? Um, I really uh, you know, is that paint your wagon with Clint Eastwood? Yeah, exactly. So exactly. Well, you know, speaking yeah. of singing and, and musicals, Ooh. we just talked about Rhapsody, uh Humble Games has released Stray Gods, the role-playing musical, and I've also played a bit of this. Look, this um, game, this game, and the next game have outstandingly good names for games. Can I say yes, that? Yes, they do. So this is Stray Gods, the role-playing musical, and we talked about Rhapsody. I said Rhapsody is a musical, as in <laughs> the characters will sometimes burst into song. Um, in Stray Gods, they're always singing. Everything is a song. And um, you are constantly kind of influencing the song by making dialogue choices. It's got a lot in common with like your, your Telltale games from back in the day. Mm-hmm. And that's really all there is to say about it. If you like Telltale games, you'll be kind of into it. It's got the Greek gods. It's got a very modern, It's got a good art style, by the way. Can yeah, I say it, looks, it looks very cool. Um, <laughs> the, the music is good for what it is. Um, I don't really know if it would be normally my kind of game, but I thought it was cool. I like the concept. Uh, WrestleQuest, speaking of which, the next mm-hmm. game. You play as a young wrestling action figure who goes off on a quest to be a heroic wrestler because he's really into Macho Man Randy Savage. Okay, I was going to ask you: Are these actually based on the? WWE? Yes, these are okay. these are actual wrestlers. They are yes from a different era, though. Let's just say this. Yeah, like, from back when wrestling was good. I'm looking um, at I'm looking at this page. I'm I'm, I'm recognizing Sergeant Slaughter. I see. Right, let's, just, let's just say John Cena is not in this. I don't think. Oh, that's fine. I'm, he's in everything else. He doesn't need to be in this. He might be. You know, I haven't played a huge amount of it. Um, WrestleQuest is a again. We'll use the the horrible term <laughs> JRPG. Uh, and much like Sea of Stars, it's a very uh, heavily quick time event, like time to tax focused JRPG. Uh, it is all about wrestling. Um, you fight enemies, and when you defeat them, you have to pin them, or they don't stay dead. Um, <laughs> You have a whole bunch of different moves. You choose different ways to hype up the crowd during your matches. It's uh, if you like wrestling, it's hard to it's hard to turn this one down. I feel like it's got a fun aesthetic. It's got that super deformed aesthetic. Yeah, you, you everybody's action figures, so it really just kind of leans into that. But uh, by the way, John Cena. If you don't know, just so you know, I, I do not watch wrestling. I'm more of a fan of the movies. He's uh, I think he plays Rocksteady in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with uh, Seth really? Rogen. Yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady. 
So. Oh, and uh, the last thing this list here is Vampire Survivors is now on Switch. If you haven't played Vampire Survivors yet, I don't really know what I'm telling you. Um, it, it, it is the uh, originator of what amounts to a new genre. These There are new Vampire mm-hmm. Survivors games every week, really. They pop, they poop them out, literally. Uh, and they poop them out because they're really easy to make, and they actually are kind of difficult to mess up. A lot of these Vampire Survivors games, you pay three, four dollars, you get, uh, what, about a dozen hours of a dozen hours of playtime for these. They're solid. Uh, if you have somehow managed to miss the original, it's now on the Switch, so check it out. I will say this. So the game is now properly portable because the only previous portable versions were on the iOS and Android, and they were not very good. So yeah, I wouldn't know. I haven't uh, try to avoid uh, playing on the iOS or Android as much as possible. Though I am due for a new phone, so maybe one day, maybe <laughs> one day. Controllers. Uh, so moving on from there, yeah. we have the Circana numbers, Woo. which technically is the reason for this thing existing. Yes, Circana, formerly NPD, kind of like the artist formerly known as Prince, but name only. You know, at what point do we stop saying X, formerly known as Twitter, and Circana, um, known as NPD? Look, Facebook changed their name to Meta. We still say Facebook because mm-hmm. not not because they want us to, but because they don't want us to. So ah, I see. Look, every so, time yeah, I see X. Is- I think of hip hop, okay? I think of DMX. X is going to give it to you. So, uh, as always, you know, these numbers are just for entertainment only. The publishers support them themselves, and you can't trust Mm -hmm. those guys. Uh, But what we know as far as the month of July goes. Yeah, uh, basically, the whole whole shebang topped about $4.18 billion. That's a smidge. That's a 1% uptick over last year. That's pretty good. Uptick is uptick. But again, yeah, it's good to see things speeding up. But uh, technically, you know, we don't really care too much about tiny nah. percentages. What we care about is the top uh, 20 best selling games in the U.S. That's true. Uh, top telling, yeah, top selling top 20 games in the U.S. according to Circana. So some so, of these are going to surprise people, I think. I think so. So let's start from so, the bottom. Yeah, let's do that. Number th- uh, 20 is Black Ops 3, Call of Duty, of course. Number 19 is Dead Island 2, solid mm-hmm. game. Number 18 is Spider-Man. Number 19 is Spider- uh, 17, rather, is Spider-Man Miles Morales. Number 16 is very surprising. It is Exoprimal, which is a game that I really thought was going to be dead on arrival. It's also a Game Pass game. So It's also a Game Pass game, and yet yeah. here it is showing up. And we explicitly talk about how we don't... Oh. Include digital sales? Question? No, no, only, only specific games would include digital quick, sales. So quick question about we that. Did. Quick question. Let's do. Let's go back to cheating for a second because you did mention uh, a game that is certainly going to be the talk of the town next month. Yep. Um, Starfield. Starfield. Starfield is available on today. By the way, I think it comes out officially. So Starfield is officially available today. But if you had paid a little bit, and like, so I think if you have Game Pass and pay like thirty bucks, yeah, you could have so, played it. And I, that's what I did. That's what I was going to say. So like, Game Pass is now being used to serve other functions, which I think yes. is great. So I just want to put that in there. Yeah, so the, uh, the option is there if you want to play Starfield, you, or you could just buy it today, uh, but it's a 6 out of 10. Never mind. Uh, 15 is uh, FIFA 23. It's soccer. 14 is Minecraft. It's Minecraft. 13 is Black Ops 2. 12 is Mario Kart 8, of course, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch. 11 is Jedi um, Survivor. It's another game, by the way, Jedi Survivor. If you want to play Immortals of Avium and you pay for your EA Pro, you can also play Jedi Survivor. So that's 15 bucks for two pretty solid games. Uh, number 10 is MLB The Show 23. Number 9 is Elden Ring. Number 8 is Street Fighter 6, which has some competition coming soon in the form mm-hmm. of Mortal Kombat 1 this month. And uh, didn't they just... Uh, they sh- This month they actually showed off a lot more Tekken... Was it Tekken 8? Tekken... Uh, yes. You know, look, I love Tekken. I love Street Fighter. I love Mortal Kombat. But you know the sad thing about all these games? They're, they're all getting really good versions, right? Like yeah, that's the issue. Them, is that these are games you really got to focus on. Right. It's difficult to pick just one. But the, pro- the problem I have, and this is selfish is that Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, Tekken used to look so different from each other, right? They have their, but now they all look exactly the same. Like the same I art styles. I think you might need to get your eyes looked at. 
That's true. But but look, yeah, yeah. Te- Tekken 8 certainly looks like Street Fighter 6. Can I say that? No, I don't even think you can say that. I can, I can say it. It doesn't mean it's true. You can, can say it. It doesn't mean it's true. <laughs> so, that's my well, opinion. I'm no, a game that A game that doesn't look like these other games at all, though, is number seven, mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom, which is going to stay on here for a while. I'm a little shocked Tears of the Kingdom dropped this far. Honestly, um, that's surprising. Well, because it sold so much at first. like It was so front-loaded, but it's going to... It's, look, Breath of the Wild stayed around for years. That's so. true. It's longer on here, and now it's been replaced by Tears of the Kingdom. Speaking of which, number six is Pikmin 4. Get a review oh. for that coming out soon. Interesting. Uh, so, Pikmin 4, I've been playing a little bit of it. I'm a little bit surprised how much I like it. It's um, I've not played a Pikmin oh. game before, and it's very accessible. Well, it's also got a little thing going for it that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, it uses the Unreal Engine on a Switch. It's, uh, do you notice it? Does it look better, noticeably? Um, again, having not played the previous ones, it looks, yeah. uh, looks like a new Switch game. Um, it runs really well, so I guess that's probably what it, what's going for it. Uh, games that I did play and didn't mm. like very much. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 is on here. Uh, games that I thought were okay. Uh, Hogwarts Legacy is number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, three is Modern Warfare 2. Two is Diablo 4. I don't think that's going anywhere for a while. Uh, one, shockingly, is uh, Gearbox Publishing is Remnant 2. Yeah. Well, I mean, it did get a lot of huzzahs. Let's be fair. It's a very good game. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, the first one was kind of a sleeper hit, so I'm a little bit surprised that Remnant 2 just came in and blew it out of the water. Um, we'll see if Remnant 2 sticks around uh, for next month. It's got a lot to compete with. I think it's a lot like Dark Souls, where Dark Souls started off as sort of a niche thing, and eventually it wormed its way into the mainstream, and then became then transmogrified into Elden Ring. So, yeah, I mean, very it, well possible. Yeah, it, it happens. Like that's how you, you go from the bottom to the top, like Drake. Speaking of other stuff, uh, you know the Switch has passed the total sales of the Wii in the U.S. Oh yeah, like that's, well, let's just get a little huzzah for here. Like this is our last section, boys and girls, everyone else, uh, where we talk about everything else. So yeah, the so, Switch sold more than the Wii. Well, you know what's funny about this whole thing? Um, that's not really surprising. You know, we, we talked about this before. Um, I learned that the Xbox 360 actually outsold the Nintendo Wii in the United States. But I think I that but I think that's a big fat asterisk. I don't mm-hmm. I don't think the, the user base was bigger. I think it's a case where people's systems were dying and they had to rebuy them and they bought different iterations of them. So, right. I'd also point out that um, you know, we can really thank the Wii for much of the sales of games today for kind of Helping games become a more acceptable, you know, popular thing amongst people who didn't previously play them. I'm sure that introduced a lot of people to the hobby. Um, what True. else we got here? The Gran Turismo movie is number one at the box office. Uh, I can't really say I had any interest in it. Well, kind of. Like, I, I only pointed this out because it's a video game movie, right? And I, right. And I, I can share some irrelevant factoids with you. Uh, you. Did you ever see District 9? I did. Good film. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah, so did you know that was supposed to be the Halo film? Really? Yeah, the director, uh, Neil Blivenkamp, was hired to do Halo, the film, Peter Jackson's Halo. Uh, right. way to, you know, way to the special effects company in New Zealand. They did all the stuff. They did the Warthog. They did everything. But something happened, and it fell through, right? And That's so where the, District 9 came from. We had it, all this uh, special effects yep. just ready to go. And, and you could see it. You could actually see some of the Halo goodies in the background if you're looking. But anyway, so here we are all these years later. Same director, Neil Blivenkamp, is now doing the Gran Turismo movie. Um, the only reason I bring this up uh, I would call this. Um, what do you, um, speaking of video games, there's a there's a double thing here, Corey. The, the Last Starfighter. You've seen The Last Starfighter, right? Yes. Um, we actually have a podcast that we did about The Last Starfighter a month ago with my other host on my Movie Time podcast, um, Ethan Brown. Basically, it's a genre. Like if you if someone says Groundhog's Day movie, you know what that means. It's like a time loop movie, right? Mm-hmm. So when I say The Last Starfighter, that's literally a genre where it's about a person who plays a video game that it turns out to be a recruiting thing for the real world. 
And that's what Gran Turismo is. It's based on the true story of a kid who learned to, learned to race a car playing Gran Turismo and then became an actual car. Um, the only reason I bring this up, the only reason I bring this up is because it really wasn't the big, the top movie of the month, uh, the week. Uh, so it's kind of a fib. Barbie was. The reason it was number, excuse me, number one is because Sony was calculating uh, other weekends as that uh, weekend, they had previews. Course. They had previews of it, so, so that's that's why when you you see the headlines, you got to look. You got to look further. It's Barbie. so you know that story you told me about the kid who played Gran Turismo and became a race car driver. That's a very inspiring story. It is. What is a less inspiring story? Is the story of a kid who got arrested and went <laughs> to jail for leaking Starfield. Please, you know there, there are so many games you could have you could have leaked. Breath, Tears of the Kingdom. You could have leaked Baldur's Gate three. You leaked well, Starfield. And you went to jail for well, it. Let's just say you this. didn't even get to play a good game before you went to well, jail. Well, let me say this: the story gets much better than he just tried to sell. First of all, can we just say this? Uh, he, the, the police showed a, a photo of all the boxes that he stole and everything. Yep, those are empty boxes. There's yeah, no they don't disc. have any. They don't have the games in them. <laughs> There's no disc in them. It's digital. Um, second of all, this idiot was filming himself mailing out the di- uh, mailing out the boxes. He, he he actually tweeted the developer of the game criticizing the game. This guy documented his crimes every step of the way. So he, he wasn't. He actually said it was a good game. He was apologizing for stealing it. Well, yeah, he apologized and got money from me. I'm so sorry. He, either way, it, dude, so. is, uh, <laughs> dude definitely is in jail now. Um, and again, there are no discs uh, in any Starfield box. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I think. I think it's finally finally come to that point. No, we, we you and I talked about this a while ago, and I was on the side of optical, and you were on the side of no optical. I I, I, I submit uh, you're going to win this argument. I think um, we're we're going to see the end of the optical disc. It's, it's you know happening. there were there were definitely de- at times like I want to say maybe 10, 20 years ago, very around the test of the PSP. Remember they released a PSP that did not have an optical drive. Yeah, that's true. Um, or or it whatever didn't, format. It didn't really take off, but it was a thing. Well, it's because uh, Sony screwed that up with a, a very strange proprietary format that no one used. And yeah, I with th- their weird memory cards. Yeah, and I think Nintendo kind of solved that issue, and so did Sony and Microsoft by having both. You could have a, a normal hard drive, or excuse me, an SSD, whatever you want to call it on the new systems, or have SD card functionality, like a little bit of both. Yep. Speaking of Sony... Uh, first of all, PlayStation Plus is getting a price hike. Uh, yeah. How much is the price hike? Uh, quite a bit, actually. Did you like you like you talked about this? You actually reviewed the new service. Um, I yeah, think I, I think it's really good. Uh, if you look at the story, it's uh, it's going up. If you have the Plus Essential twelve month, it's going up twenty bucks uh, from sixty to eighty. If you have the Plus Extra, it's going from one hundred to one hundred and thirty five. And and the big hike, if you have the the Plus Premium. For one year it goes from 120 to 160 that's so very chunky that's a, mean, chun- that's a chunky that's a chunky again you know you think about it, you gotta think about it in terms of like a per a month by month basis so if you're paying for a year that's uh, you know it could be worse question mark but definitely stuff like prices oh. going up for no benefit to the consumer kind of eh. well uh, the other thing is is that we're, we're in that age i just said the game industry had no answer to rentals which you counteracted with game pass which i think is true but the right. fact of the matter is you look at the the cost of it you're looking at uh, what's Game Pass right now? If you have the Game Pass, it's ten bucks a month. If you have the console, ten PC, it's fifteen bucks a month. I think if you have both, um, right. you're looking at like one fifth of the cost of your console just to do this. 
Right. But I think, like I said, I think it's all about value in. I think you're, if you have something like Amazon Prime that gives you a lot of goodies, you can probably justify it. Yeah, like even at, even at 160 a year for this, I think you're still getting enough. Like people are going to like it and they're right to not like it, but you're still getting plenty. Uh, the other thing about Sony mm-hmm. is they announced the PlayStation Portal, which is basically just like a little remote viewing screen for your PS5. Uh, this thing has gotten ripped apart online. I think it got ripped apart online very unfairly. I yeah, I don't, I don't really know what the problem people have with this thing is. It, it's literally what it says it is. If you want to play your PS5 and it's downstairs in the living room and you're upstairs in bed and you don't want to buy a Steam Deck or whatever, it's it's well, fine. What's well, the problem with it? Here's the thing, though. Uh, this is not the answer to the Steam Deck. This is the answer to the Switch. And right. I think, and I think, ultimately, that's that's how you tell who won the console war of a generation by. Who copies who? Like, we saw this with motion control, everything. We have the same motion control, exactly. Yeah, and I think the Switch, more than anything else, more than anything else, demonstrated that people like sitting on their couch. They like being portable. And I don't know how portable this is going to be, necessarily. It's kind of a remote play thing, which I know it's you're more of, into. kind of a, a niche product. I'd love to give it a shot. Yeah. I don't really know if it's going to have a lot of use outside of, again... You know, my, I don't know, my wife is watching TV and I want to play PS5, so I got this little thing. Get a new wife. No, but but the fact is, it's a, it's a, it looks like a very nice screen. Um, like I said, if it, if it runs correctly, I mean, you can play your PlayStation 5 on your couch. You don't have to sit in front of your TV, which sounds like, it, it sounds ironic that why would, would you want Wouldn't your couch to... be in front of your TV? Well, it depends where your couch is. Like, you could have a, a couch downstairs, you could play in the bed. Like, if you're going to play a game, Corey, that requires a lot of, like, tactical stuff, I mean, you just, maybe you just want to lay down. And, mm-hmm. and, and the Switch proved that. You you do it, too. You've got the Steam Deck, you have, um, you, what was the Ally ROG? Was have it? a ROG Ally. And there's yeah. another one coming out soon, too. The other yeah. Legion 1, I believe oh, what it's called. you're going to have a whole shelf of these things. I sometime. sure am. I can't wait. It's going to be great. <laughs> hey, speaking of things that look great, uh, in Super Mario Brothers Wonder, you yeah. can be Elephant Mario. Did you watch this thing? Did you watch the director? So I didn't watch the most recent one. I, I watched one where it was yeah. announced. I watched the whole thing, and I gotta tell you, I don't know why they just don't call this thing Super Mario Brothers LSD. Because that's what it is at this point. Like, it's always kind of been there. It's always kind of been there. You know, right. you grab the mushroom and everything goes crazy. But at this point, Corey, this whole thing is Super Mario tripping balls. Like that's what it is. It's it looks fantastic, but think about this. What what's the big animal this time? It's a it's an elephant, right? It is the elephant, yes. Yeah, and uh, what's the euphemism for being elephants? Yeah, exactly. Like they're 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 saying everything but the thing. It's um it looks fantastic. It's got a lot of really weird online play that I'm gonna have to play with, but it looks fantastic. It looks absolutely fantastic. And I gotta tell you, if when if and when Nintendo brings out another console. I don't know what's going. I don't know what the Nintendo aesthetic is going to do for shinier graphics at this point. I, I think this is probably as far as the the Switch goes. Yep. But you know what is unfortunate? Hmm. The fact that we're out of time. That is true. We are out of time. But we did a good job. We covered everything we needed to do. We got it all done with a nice thing. And uh, technically, we're in the month of September, so we'll probably won't see you to the end of this month or next month. But I'll say this: pretty good month. A lot of cool stuff coming up. Uh, we cheated a little bit. Um, I don't think you should take Corey's. How do you say it? Admission, omission. I, I don't think you should. See, you should see your tongue lashing of um, Starfield as a review. I think you want to hear more about it. So, and uh, don't get me wrong, there'll be a review. Please be a review. expect a review very soon. If you need Six a review, if you need a review, just go read the thousands of other reviews that are out there right now. 
Yep. But I will say this, uh, Corey, once again, as always, thank you very much. It's been a very good podcast, very good episode, lots of cool things to talk about, lots of things to play. We live in the best of times. This is the new golden age. This is the time you will be thinking about when you're old and gray and your kids put you in the nursing home. So Absolutely. And with that, we want to thank everybody, and we'll see everybody on the next level. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Pop Zara Podcast. Remember to like, follow, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app or service.